come on a journey with a cinephile. Wake up, sucker. We're thieves and we're bad guys. That's exactly what we are. Welcome listeners to bonus episode number 16 of Journey with a Cinephile, a horror movie podcast. As always, I'm your tour guide here of David Garrett Jr. recording out of Columbus, Ohio. So some interesting developments have happened for the podcast here. I've somehow got some press copies of some books in and I've never really done something like this. Like I really haven't wrote like reports on books since college would probably be the last time I've done something like this, but I thought it'd be something kind of fun to do here. So I actually have... Three different sections that I'm going to be covering stuff. Two of them were these, like, critic copies that I got of some stuff. And another one is just I'm going to be hooking up a buddy of mine who I've met through social media. And I read three of his books, and I thought they deserve some praise here as well. But I got to read Monsters on the Couch. That is going to be the first review that I have on here. This is one that I got as a press copy. I read the three books from Richard Glenn Schmidt. I believe these are – I'm trying to do this off memory here. And that is going to be – Giallo Meltdown, I believe, was the first one, and then he did the Cinema Synombolis was the second, and then the last one is going to be the Doomed Movie-thon. I have a section there where I cover those briefly just to give him a little bit of credit and everything since I did read those. And then the last one is going to be a Hocus Pocus, the unofficial Hocus Pocus cookbook for children. I got to check that out, and then I've made some recipes from it as well. So those are going to be the three little sections that I have on here, and I'm hoping to do this a little bit more often now that I'm getting started on it. So I'm not going to keep you here much more for this, so there will be little breaks in between all of those, and then I'm not going to do my normal outro or anything like that. So what I will say is thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy coming on this literary journey with me as well. Journey with a Cinephile. Now, this is me doing something a bit different here. I actually had Bianca from Independent Publishers Group reach out to me and ask if I would like to actually do read a advanced copy of a book, almost like a screener, but a book that hasn't been released as of yet, and this was Monsters on the Couch. And I went ahead and said yes because everything that I was reading in the press release sounded quite interesting to me, especially because this is a book that is kind of talking about horror movies while also looking at real-life diagnosis and kind of exploring some of these 
syndromes and conditions and everything like that. So I went ahead and said that I would be interested in giving this a read. And I should also give just a little bit of my personal stuff here is that before getting into watching movies like I do now, I was an avid reader. It is something that I get away from in life when it gets busy, but then always come back to as I do love to read. It is one of my favorite pastimes, but as I said, it's not something I always find enough time to do. So enough of my background here, but let me get into what Sharpless is doing here. This has a subheading of the real psychological disorders behind your favorite horror movies. Now, seeing that in the press release caught my interest even more, and that's why I read this. Now, Brian is a trained psychologist. This gives interesting insights into the different topics that are explored. Not only that, though, but he also has others who have helped him in doing research and even references different studies as well as journals. Being that there is informational backing to what he said, that adds more weight for someone like me who loves to do research themselves. Now, Brian delves into horror movie monsters from early horror cinema to modern day creatures and even behaviors that are horrific. Ahead of reading this, I did know that what the basis of like the werewolf concept is from as I watched not a documentary, but like a TV show on like the History Channel that was talking about similar things as well. But we also have some documented cases that I did know about, not necessarily this and correct individuals, but of vampirism, not in the sense of like Dracula or like Blade, which are, you know, horror movie monsters or horror movie characters or just characters in movies, whatever. But there are actual psychological disorders that make certain individuals feel like they need blood of others to survive or something along those lines. What works here is the different disorders are introduced that could explain why someone thinks they're a werewolf, a vampire, or a zombie. It gives specific cases if one could be found, and it also gives like details as to why this patient thought this way and ways that people like this could be helped. The depth of information provided was interesting and gives me a different perspective toward films with these monsters in them. Now, we also have other things that are being explored here as well. Brian gives us like the background information that it seems like Wes Craven used as a basis for A Nightmare on Elm Street. The book also explores syndromes like misidentification along with movies that use this idea, you know, type things like Invasion of the Body Snatchers or The Stepford Wives. It also explores sleep paralysis, cannibalism, necrophilia, and other things in the same vein as these things. So then let me close this out with the writing style. And what I'm actually going to say is this reading this felt like a conversation with Brian. He uses scientific ways of explaining things, but breaks it down in a way where people who aren't trained can understand. There is humor that is interjected, but not in a way where it feels disrespectful. If anything, Brian pokes fun at himself mostly. And as somebody who does this themselves, I can appreciate that. I'm not sure if these elements will be removed from the final version. I hope they don't. And I think those add a little bit of like alleviating the tension, especially when you're reading about some more bleak type ideas. But these help to make this a fast read with such heavy subject matter here. The ideas and concepts that are introduced add an element that I can take away and give me a different way of, you know, looking at some of my favorite films or just ones that I'm actually watching and can actually kind of reference if I want to go a little bit deeper into the subject. But I'd highly recommend this to people that analyze movies or want a different perspective on monsters and villains that we see on the screen. I would say give this a read. I am seeing that this is available on sale, it looks like October 3rd of 2023 here. This is worth your time for sure. The last thing I'll say is that this feels like a documentary I'd watch, just in book form. For that, I give it the highest rating that I do for those 
and just kind of the time and care that was put into this, it definitely deserves it in my opinion. So my rating here for Monsters on the Couch is going to be an 8 out of 10. And I want to once again thank Bianca as I'm hoping to kind of do a little bit more of these book review type things here as a little special segment that I'm doing now. Now, I wasn't asked to do this, but I decided to sense this guy that I'm going to be going over his books here real quick is such a cool guy, and I think he, you know, deserves kind of me to give a little shout out because I did enjoy reading these three, and this would be Richard Glenn Schmidt, who I'm referring to, and I read his movie-thon diary novel type books of Giallo Meltdown, a movie-thon diary, Cinema Synombolis, I think that's how you say that word, and then Doomed Movie-thon. So the first one I read is Giallo Meltdown. So this is him going through a bunch of different Giallo movie-thons that he did over the years and everything like that. At least it seems like it was done over a few years. So, But my thoughts here was that this is a fun book. It won't be for everybody as it isn't recapping the movies in a way that's like editorial or like historical significance. This is just a man with his wife and friends at times, you know, watching movies. It is a diary of how he personally felt for what he was seeing and what he takes from each movie. There are so many titles that I wrote down and I had a lot of fun reading this. Can't wait to delve into the next one, which would be the Cinema Synombolis, as I was saying. This is another fun read from this author. This is one that's more like a catch-all. We get stories of movies he watched growing up and how they formed him into the madman that he is today. I mean that with the utmost respect there as well, as well as, you know, love. Love you, buddy. He also runs through stuff like a lot of anime, Jess Franco, and movies from his birth year. Also, theater experiences, both good and bad. And I mean, I tend to go to the movie theater a lot by myself, so I've had some that are similar to his. And then he also had, like, I enjoyed my time here once again and added a lot of titles to my list of things that I haven't seen that he had recapped here. And then the last one that I read from him is... Once again, another fun one, and this is Doomed Moviethon, which also shares the name, I believe, of his blog. And I know that his podcast, if you haven't checked it out, is Hello, Well, This is the Doom Show. So what we're getting here is a diary of his thoughts while watching these movies. This one probably has the most range, probably up there with the Cinema Synombolist, in that he is watching like horror, giallo, comedy, and just foreign movies in general. They aren't just limited to these either, as I'm leaving out quite a bit of other subgenres that might be in there as well. But don't come in once again expecting reviews. Instead, this feels like you're on the journey as he runs through these movie-thons. And I mean, sometimes you're descending into madness with him as he is, you know, approaching the end of a movie-thon. Or if he's not feeling well and just his thoughts go crazy and everything. But I just had a blast with each of these books and just kind of going through these different things. It almost makes me want to do movie-thons. I don't know if my... My wife, as well as our child, will allow me to do that outside of this movie film festival thing that I do at the end of October. But I had a lot of fun with these. Check these books out. I got them off of Amazon. I mean, I got them for Christmas, I believe. But it still is, you know, if you like to go through diary type books like this, I would give this a shot. And, you know, just kind of run through all these different movies that he goes through as there are a ton of them. Journey with a Cinephile. And so for the next one I'm going to do a little bit of a review here for is going to be the unofficial Hocus Pocus cookbook for kids. 
Now, I'm not necessarily one to cook or bake. I can do it. I have lived on my own and was able to prepare, you know, meals. They're very basic and everything. I mean, my wife made fun of me about it. That would be Jamie. But upon marrying her, she's a much better person in the kitchen. So I've relegated myself to cleaning up. So then when Courtney from Pacific and Court asked if I'd be interested in checking out this cookbook, I was intrigued. Part of the reason is much like the author who is Bridget Thorson, if I mispronounce your name, I do apologize. Now she's a huge fan of the original Hocus Pocus movie, as is my wife. So Bridget also credits Beatrice, who is her daughter, as an inspiration. Now my wife and I have a little one of our own, so I was also thinking of Mackenzie when I was asked if I wanted to check this out for review, because it gave me a screener copy, or I guess a... Probably not a screener copy because that would be for a movie, but it would be a critic copy or something like that. Something along those lines. You know, I'm still pretty new at doing these book reviews, but I'll be honest. I had never reviewed a cookbook before, and I wasn't fully sure on how to go about it. Jamie will get credit here again in what we're going to do here is we're going to make a few of the recipes from some of the different categories. So that's what I'll end up doing to finish out this review. But the opening section is where I'll go over the writing style. So Bridget has a way with words, and I love how the recipes correlate back to the movies. I'm not as versed, but I've seen the original one twice, and I've watched Hocus Pocus 2 just the one time when it came out. I picked up on little things that I remembered from the descriptions as well as the names of the foods. So that was a good touch for a movie buff like me. Also, giving spooky names was another good thing you could do there. What I like also is that this cookbook is tailored towards children. It also works for me since I know how to do cooking techniques. Providing ways that a child could make these recipes, I feel more confident. From what I can say that this is a great starter cookbook for children out there, the recipes are also rated between one and three for difficulty. A one being something that you could do alone or like a beginner recipe. Two might need a bit of a supervision by an adult or, you know, one that if you're a newer chef, you just want to have some guidance there. Now a three would be, you know, much more labor intensive and you should probably work together as, you know, child and parent or child and just adult, just so that way nobody gets hurt and everybody is, you know, safe in the end. So what I'll end up saying here before I get into some of the reviews that we're going to try out here is I'd highly recommend this for collectors of Hocus Pocus items. This is something that will be used, especially during October and fall in general, in my household, I believe. There is more of a theme with the recipes catering towards this section of the year. That's not to say that some won't be incorporated into the rest of the year as well. Just to reiterate, this would be a good beginner cookbook for children, in my opinion. So my rating at this point here is going to be an 8 out of 10 for the unofficial Hocus Pocus cookbook for kids. So my rating is going to stay the same and everything like that, but I did want to add here as like a little addendum is I did try a couple recipes and it just didn't feel right to do this review without at least trying some of them. But I personally made the trapped in salt corned beef grilled cheese for dinner for my wife and child. Now Mackenzie was too young to fully appreciate it. We're not really giving her a whole lot of salt and that's kind of what went into this, but Jamie agreed with me that this was delicious. The portions that were served were spot on. As you know, since we did end up having leftovers and everything like that, and I was eating this for a couple days after that, since my wife doesn't really eat leftovers outside of certain things, but but I also had never made corned beef brisket before, and that opened me up to a whole new world there. Jamie also made the drop of an enemy's blood orange yogurt cake. We did have to improvise since we couldn't seem to find a blood orange, so we just used a regular one instead, so I do apologize that this isn't fully the recipe, but... We never had a yogurt cake and that was amazing as well. Both these recipes were easy to follow and tasty to the point where we would make them again as well. 
I'm also going to be making some of the baked ziti that was in one of the recipes. I don't really have it in front of me to give you what the actual little cute little name for it, but that's another one that we're going to be trying out as well. So highly would recommend this book and trying some of these recipes out. And this is a bonus episode. I'm not going to do my normal outro and everything like that. So I will say is thank you so much for listening. And I hope I've intrigued you with some of these books that I've covered here. And I'm hoping I actually have another one that I'm reading currently. So I'm hoping to do a little bit more of this as I find the time. So thank you so much for listening. It had been a wonderful evening. And what I needed now to give it the perfect ending. <laughs>